This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter, and this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. We're a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find more of our work at obsessiveviewer.com or uh, more of our podcasts at obsessiveviewer.com slash podcasts. And uh, like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Um, we just recorded an episode with Patreon subscriber Ben uh, just the other day, and you may have already heard it at this point, so it's definitely exciting. And yeah, support us on Patreon. It's really appreciated. Um, I'm your host, the aforementioned Matt Hurt, and with me today is first-time guest on the podcast, uh, Manny, and I've never pronounced your name, your last name <laughs> out loud. Casillas. Casillas. Okay. Manny Casillas. Just think uh, you say tortilla. Mm-hmm. So, Casillas, you don't pronounce Cassius. the L's. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I'm glad I didn't make an ass out of myself. <laughs> like, you would have been the first to <laughs> right? mispronounce my name. Sure. You should see my high school yearbooks. Oh, God, I can't imagine. I, I'm very, I feel very thankful for having just a really simple name. Um, but yeah, speaking of unique names and everything, I know you through Kirsten, um, who also has a unique name. Uh, you and her go back to college and a decade theater. wow i knew her when she was 18 years old jeez that's uh you know i'm fresh face college freshman <laughs> in the theater department which i didn't actually i actually did not even know she was a theater major at first. oh really uh when i first saw kirsten she would always be in this computer lab mm-hmm. and and then i would see her at our production meetings okay but she wasn't exactly sitting with the theater people so i thought she was hmm. a production student and uh I continue thinking this until <clears throat> we we went to the American American College Theater Festival. We okay. used to, something we used to always do, the whole department would go. Sure. And when I saw her like on the bus mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, you're a major? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really just did not know. Mm-hmm. I, I did not know. She well, I'm really glad to have you on the podcast so that we can dig up all the dirt we can on, on Kirsten, on our recurring co-host. She knows nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, I do feel kind of nervous asking for dirt on her because she could bury me, I'm sure. Um, I don't think I ha- I don't really have anything on her. You really? You've known her a lot longer. Uh, have I, I haven't known her, no, I've only <clears throat> known her for about four years, this will be year five, I think. Oh, yeah. I thought you all went back to high school oh, or something. Oh, no, 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 that <clears throat> went, uh, I met her in 2014, after working with, like, her whole family for, like, years at that point. Uh, so yeah, so. Well, Kirsten is not yeah. up for an Oscar this year. She's not. So I... <laughs> I hate for her to find out this way. But. Right. But uh, while we're talking... And that is the truth. Yeah. While we're talking about her, she does have a show opening next weekend. Uh, Almost Maine from Mud Creek Mud Creek Players. Players. Yes. 
Um, super excited about that. I'm gonna. I don't know what day I'm gonna go, but I'm excited for that. And uh, do you have any shows or anything? Or? I actually have one up that same weekend. Oh, nice! What yeah. is it? And I am. It. I am featured in a, a show called Wait Until Dark. Okay. Um, with epilogue players. Oh, nice! And epilogue, like epilogue. players. Yeah, they're here in yeah. town in Indianapolis. They're at. 19th in Alabama, they share the building with Footlight Musicals. Okay, yeah. And I've seen a couple of shows that Kirsten's done there. Yep, she's done at least four with them. This yeah, is my second like one. Nice. With, with uh, Epilogue. Mm-hmm. And of course, Wait Until Dark is um, by Frederick Knott, who also wrote Dial M for Murder. Oh, um, nice. Both of them became quite famous movies. Wait mm-hmm. Until Dark starred Audrey Hepburn oh, okay. and Alan Arkin. Uh, actually, it was the last movie I think that Audrey Hepburn did before she just retired for a oh, decade. Oh, wow. Because she wanted to, like, raise her children and all that. Sure. Um, hmm. And I think it was her last Oscar nomination, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, wow. Wait Until Dark starts. We have a preview on Valentine's Day, that mm-hmm. Thursday. And we, we run for two weekends. And Almost Maine cool. runs for three weekends. So yeah. I will be able to see Almost Maine nice. the third weekend. Nice. And our listeners will be able to divide uh, their plans between yeah. between both shows. Which I need to point out, too, wait until we open the night that Cher is in town. So. Oh, wow. I'm wow. glad I did not buy a ticket, as I considered oh, doing yeah. months ago. <laughs> Every time I want to see Cher, I get thwarted in one way or another. Jeez. And uh, and you, you've <clears throat> done a lot of theater in in uh, Indianapolis. Uh, yeah. Any, yeah. I know you. Uh, have, you do Bard Fest. I've done do two of them now. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, nice. um, was in Diva Fest last year. Okay, did been in, like the Matchmaker, mm-hmm. Doctor Cerberus, Squabbles with Kirsten. I've done four oh, yeah. shows with Kirsten. Nice. I th- I want to say Squabbles is the only one that I've seen with. That was what happened. Yeah. That was that was a really fun show. That Although was, her and I have really done fun. four shows, but we we don't ever get a lot of stage time together, right? In fact, I think the most stage time we ever had was when we did the show called Pence Wars. I missed that. I was so bummed that I missed that one. She was playing Hillary Clinton. I was playing Bernie Sanders. <laughs> That's and so I think awesome. that was the most stage time we like actually had together. Nice. Nice. I remember we did King Lear and her and I barely crossed paths. Oh, okay, yeah. I I saw King Lear also. Um Yeah. Well that's cool. So uh Well so what did yeah. you I didn't hear this Oscar episode. What did Okay What yeah. did you think well, of We haven't uh we haven't posted it yet. Oh, so. okay. So, well yeah. what did you think about these nominations? Okay, so I have been on record with my gripes and everything about uh Green Book. Like I just I can't stand that movie. And it's just, I, I'm so, I, I have like anxiety that I'm, that it's going to sweep. I don't know why, cause it just feels like it's such a step backwards from kind of the more progressive, like Oscar stuff that's come <coughs> out. Like my big thing is that, you know, Green Book is the safe race relations kind of movie. Whereas like we've had blind spotting, which got pretty much completely shut out. Um, Black Klansman. We we have all of these movies that are just really uh interesting depictions of like like actual like race relations and the institutions that uh that promote racist racism. But we've got Green Book where, you know, it's Viggo Mortensen folding up a pizza and 
eating it and then solving racism. It's just, I, yeah, I don't know. What do you think of the nominations? Um, a bit disappointing, mm-hmm. but not, not so disappointing that I'm like pissed about anything. Sure. Really, the one thing I'm most pissed about is the the Oscar show itself. Oh yeah, because we didn't. It touch sounds on that. like it's going to be just so frustrating. Yeah, it's, they're gonna <sighs> apparently not televise each category. I I saw like headlines about that, and that's you know they you know because ugh. we we learn because the Oscars are a lot like the Democratic Party. They're obsessed with pleasing people who hate them, no matter what they <laughs> right. do. Every yeah. year you have these same complaints. Oh, they're too long. Mm-hmm. The movies aren't very well known. It's too political. Blah blah blah. And it's like, so what? Yeah, it happens once a year. Get over exactly. it. Exactly. Oh, nobody's watching. The ratings are low. Yeah, ratings for live TV is down across the board. Oh yeah. Last the night, Super Bowl. Super Bowl was the lowest in ten years. Yeah. And and they're still getting big numbers, right? But it's still low. Yeah. And the Oscars <laughs> is actually still the highest rated non sports event, non for oh, live TV. Nice. Um, and it, that's just how it is across the board. Yeah, I think it's that's just, more just people aren't watching TV anymore. <laughs> like, right. Right. I like I just got rid of my like even my local channels because it was cheaper to just have internet. So I don't know how I'm going to watch the Oscars, but that's that's a problem for three weeks, three weeks in the future, Matt. <clears throat> but, uh, and then but yeah. they were going to not have all the best song nominees perform, but now mm. they will, I guess. Yeah. And they're still saying that there's not going to, they've officially said there's <clears throat> not going to be any host or anything. And there's not a host, which that yeah. doesn't really bother me. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's just, there was a New York Times headline that, that said, are the Oscars ashamed to be the Oscars? And apparently they <laughs> are, because all they're worried about is, like, the the critics, mm-hmm. which there is there is this core group of people who are, like, fans, who right. enjoy the show and what it's about and everything. Yeah. And they just don't seem to care. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they're not doing this best popular. I was just going to ask you about that because I know that you have uh, very uh, big opinions of that. It was just ridiculous. Like, just, you know, how do you constitute a what constitute a popular film necessarily? I guess just box office, but I. Uh, I mean, take Green Book. <laughs> what's What's surprising about it that it's gotten all this awards attention? That's not. It wasn't really a moneymaker. No. Usually those movies are are money makers. Mm-hmm. Green Book didn't do very well when it opened. It right. is now apparently, yeah. but but it. I did not think it would get Jeez. so much awards attention because of that. Yeah, I I was kind of just really surprised when I saw it getting so much awards <coughs> attention. I'm very glad they did not nominate Peter Farrelly. Oh, me too. Um, I still cannot believe that the Directors Guild nominated him and the Academy didn't. It would, it, yeah. It would, you would think that was the, the opposite would happen. Right. Oh, yeah. So what Jeez. had happened was you, a, a, a whole guild of directors watched mm-hmm. Green Book and they watched If Beale Street Could Talk and thought the former so, is more deserving of a uh, nomination. Yeah. <coughs> if Beale Street Could Talk was fucking beautiful like that was such i like i was so just wrapped up in it and i'm i'm just so pissed that it didn't get uh the attention that it deserves um i'll be honest i don't yeah. dislike green book okay i fair. really don't sure 
Um, <laughs> I, I'll be even more controversial. I don't dislike Crash. I, you know, I was looking through your letterbox and I saw that you had recently reviewed Crash, and it, I think you gave it like three sort and a half of stars. recently. That's actually an old review. Fair, fair. It, it, since I've been, <laughs> a, I, I have all these reviews I mm-hmm. I wrote over a span of like. 10 years. Oh, nice. Because Facebook used to have Flickster. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which I used to have be on all the time. Flickster mm-hmm. just died one day in 2015. Yeah. And then all Jeez. that, most of what I wrote is gone. God, a bunch of stuff I, I saved to a, to a flash drive, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is out of order. Okay. Uh, a lot of it needs tweaking and I've been combing through it all. Yeah. Editing a bit stuff, uh, updating a bit, and, mm-hmm. and I, I got through all of 2004, now I'm on 2005. <laughs> I nice. have like eight years to go. I, I was wondering, <laughs> cause like you are just rapid fire posting reviews and stuff, and I'm just like, how, the, like, how is this? So, that's yeah, I'm not watching peak, all those movies in yeah, succession. That's a really interesting peek behind the curtain, cause I felt very inadequate, <laughs> like every time I would load Letterboxd and be like, fuck, man, he's watching tons of stuff. Um, no, I haven't seen yeah. Crash since I watched it okay. as a college sophomore mm-hmm. in my dorm room. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it since, like, right about, right <clears throat> before the Oscars that year. Um, uh, yeah. <coughs> uh, let's, let's talk a little bit before we get too deep into it. Let's talk a little bit about Letterboxd because, um, contractually the podcast is obligated to reference letterbox at some point every episode not really oh. but um <laughs> but we adore letterboxd it's like it has been revolutionary for us uh or on the podcast so you are first of all your username is criterion with a y right like criterion yeah. and Tyrion lannister that's okay gotcha nice that's because i was trying to like figure out like how Okay, nice. And I'm honestly really surprised that no one else had that. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it wasn't even for Letterboxd. It was my Twitter mm. handle. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, surprising nobody else on Letterboxd thought of it. Yeah. I, uh, I'll, I'll, like, if I'm kind of stalking my co-host's uh, Letterboxd pages, I'll type in, like, obsessive viewer into, like, the search bar, and then I'll see, like, other users that they don't have that username, but, like, they have in their, like, bio, like, oh, I'm an obsessive viewer, and I'm like, well, all right, be careful, like, copyright there, or trademark, I guess, I don't know which one it would be, but, um, but no, Letterboxd is amazing. How long have you been a member? Since, uh, last summer. Okay, nice. Nice. Which I kind of heard I didn't know what it was because mm-hmm. sometimes I, I I show my age and I just sure. don't bother with certain things mm-hmm. and somebody a, a friend of mine said you should get on letterbox and mm-hmm. yeah that's that's pretty much how it happened nice. because when I did get on letterbox I had I had this blog called Sticky She Review okay, that I don't yeah. do very well. Sure. And I had like three years worth of reviews on that, so I just put up, I just okay. put them all on there. Nice. Um, yeah, so I've not been on Letterboxd for very long. Okay. Nice. Yeah, you, well, you've put plenty of 
stuff on there. Um, I noticed that you pretty much just exclusively just put in the reviews. You, do you not bother with like logging movies and the dates and everything? I don't really care. Okay. <laughs> See, when we had, uh, our Patreon supporter Ben on this best weekend, like me and my co-host Tiny, we were talking, we were talking to him and like I asked him the same question because he does the same thing. He just posts reviews and then like, Tiny mentioned, he said, uh, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to remember that, like, we're the weird ones. Like, we, we log everything and we do everything, like, really, like, detailed like that. And, like, we're the outliers of, of, maybe not of Letterboxd particularly, but it's, like, we're obsessive about it. So it's just, like, anytime I see just, like, oh, just someone has just a bunch of reviews, I'm like, oh, that's, why aren't you logging them? Uh, but yeah, because we're the weird ones. Um, but yeah, your, your reviews are really awesome. Like, I really enjoy reading them. And, uh, yeah, so I'm glad to have you on the podcast about Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. Nice um, to be here. Yeah. I wish the cat would come out. I know. She's, God, she's just the worst. Um, I told you before we were recording, uh, that I had told <coughs> Kirsten that I was really hoping that pizza, like, like would take to you and like really she wouldn't have a choice i don't allow cats to choose whether they like me i like them (laughs) nice so i think that's something that kirsten should adopt because because uh if you tell me oh that cat doesn't really like to be picked up and held i'll pick the cat up (laughs) i'll do it nice um yeah so back to the oscars though um so yeah again criterion crit Tyrion Lannister. Um, find find him on Letterboxd there. And uh, so the Oscars. What movies for this year to start off, what, what movies do you think were snubbed or should have been, you know, nominated or aren't even in consideration? I would definitely trade out uh, Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody for mm-hmm. Widows and If Beale Street Could Talk. Yeah, I um, agree. As well as uh, uh, eighth grade, mm-hmm. hereditary, and sorry to bother you. So just add those with the other nominees. Yeah, and that's my top ten list there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was twenty eighteen was a really strong year for movies. I agree, and like it was like the first. Uh, I watched more movies in twenty eighteen than I have really any other year. Like uh, in terms of my stats and everything, it's my. It was a record year for me, and I saw like a hundred and nine. 2018 released movies um and like this is the first year that i've that the nominees have come out and i have seen every best picture nominee already so i'm in a very good position but it's also like like i feel like a weird um a weird pull toward like okay well eighth grade should have been nominated but it's like okay i can i can see like how it's crowded because there's like some categories that are really stacked and everything um, so I can't be like that. Well, indignant. I think there are only eight best picture yeah, nominees. Yeah, and that's, oh, let's get your read on that. Which How I would feel... actually take out Vice too. I loved Vice, mm-hmm. but not so much. And there's been such a, I don't want to say backlash, but there's been such a strong, like, like, uh, I guess backlash is the closest word, um, to Vice getting nominated. And I'm kind of curious. Is if, there? Yeah. Oh, I've saw, I saw on like Twitter, people were just ragging mm. on it. And I kind of wonder, cause I, I saw it too and I thought it was fine. I, I totally get, I guess I get why it was nominated. <laughs> um, some of it was a little hollow and everything. And I think the big short did the things that 
Vice did better. Like I don't think I don't think uh, Adam McKay really. Well, I think it's more jarring mm-hmm. because The Big Short is not a biopic. Yeah, Vice yeah. is a biopic. Exactly, and I can see how that would bother people. I yeah. was quite okay with it. Well, my kind of theory is that I <clears throat> kind of feel like maybe people are just really, really tired and fatigued about politics, and it's people like, always say that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the world we're in today, it feels like that's like everything is up to eleven at this point. But I don't know. I'll be honest; it felt that way when I was a teenager <clears throat> in the Bush years. <laughs> And we all remember the shit that went down then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I could, I can see how that would put people off, but mm-hmm. to me, Vice is a lot like, or really Adam McKay mm-hmm. with the big short and Vice. It, it's like if Michael Moore actually made feature films. Oh, yeah. Instead of documentaries. Huh. I could definitely see that. Although he did make and, Canadian bacon. Because I'm all right that. with all the fourth wall breaking, the Brechtian <laughs> yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. I loved when, when they did the, uh, the Macbeth thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought oh, that, that was, was really, great. That was I thought awesome. that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, the restaurant scene was great. I hated how much I was attracted to Sam Rockwell as George W. <laughs> Bush. And nice. I hated how relatable I found Jit Cheney when he knew he was having a heart attack. He would do the thing with his hand. And yeah. Like, yep. Yep. I know that. <laughs> Jeez. Um, really, the, the snubs that I, I was mm. more disappointed. I'm disappointed that at least... I would have liked it if at least if Beale Street could talk were among the best picture nominees yeah. because I really thought it would get there. Me too. I thought um, it was a shoe in. I uh, I hate that Eighth Grade and Sorry to Bother You are both not among the original screenplay nominees. Yeah, and like I <clears throat> I get Sorry to Bother You because I because it's such an out there concept and out there script that like I could see like the Academy not like going for it but eighth grade is like it was my movie of the year like i couldn't believe it didn't incredible. get nominated and yeah bo burnham just got the director's guild gave him the award yeah. for best first time director oh yeah which was which was nice mm-hmm. um although the the film independent spirit awards are coming up oh yeah the night before the oscars so okay i wouldn't be surprised if eighth grade does some good business there yeah <clears throat> yeah, I'd um, be right for that. I'm mad that the supporting actor category doesn't have Timothy Chalamet and Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that supporting actor category is a little bit of a mess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, and then the best actors category. I don't envy Oscar voters on that one. The choices sure. for best actors this year were totally stacked. Mm-hmm. In my mind, there could have been at least ten nominees. Yeah, I just saw Cold War. The mm-hmm. the woman in that Joanna Kulig, uh, she's mesmerizing. Nice. She could be among them. Mm-hmm. I could have thrown in Tony Collette for Hereditary. I, yeah, I, I could have thrown in Elsie Fisher for for mm-hmm. Eighth Grade, Viola Davis for Widows, mm-hmm. um, Catherine Hahn for Private Life. Yes, my uh, God, that movie. And, and you know, Ugh. we're we seem to be coming to a place where the it used to be that the best actor choices were very. There was just so many to choose from, and the, mm-hmm. and there were scant choices for best actress. And yeah, last maybe five years, the the, the tide has kind of shifted on that, mm-hmm. which is very nice. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and and Tony Collette <coughs> in particular, like I I didn't expect Hereditary to get really anything because it's one of the biggest like pet peeves in in general is the whole like oh well is it really like. Uh, 
anytime like a kind of prestigious or or well crafted horror movie comes out, like like the media is like, well, it's not really a horror movie because it's trying to downplay that as a genre, I guess. But to not recognize Hereditary and especially Tony Collette's performance is just even in a stacked category like that. That performance was in, I would, incredible. The, the, the Oscars don't have a host this year, but I would love it mm-hmm. if the sauce boy from eighth grade was hosting. <laughs> and I would love oh, it. Oh, that if, would be awesome. I would love it if during the show, Tony Collette was there <laughs> in hereditary mode and she mm-hmm. was just skulking around the building that on the ceiling and shit. That would be awesome. The, uh, <laughs> the wrap it up music would be her, uh, uh, yeah, her with her the piano yeah. wire. Yeah. <laughs> um, God. I, there's one snub I'm really surprised about. I'm surprised Mission Impossible is not among the best sound nominees. Yeah, or visual effects either. Um, and and the the uh, the documentary category was another one that mm. voters had a lot of really good choices. Yeah. so I didn't really envy them. I was still surprised that the the Mr. Rogers one is I, not among them. I was shocked by that. I was really shocked by that because that was such. An incredibly moving documentary that I, I adored it. And I don't know. And like you said, there are a lot of really good documentaries. Um, there's a few I haven't seen yet, but like Shirkers on Netflix mm-hmm. is just unlike anything nice. you've ever seen. It's, it's incredible. Nice. Have you seen uh, Free Solo yet? I did see Free Solo. Okay. That was the strongest documentaries I, I saw were Shirkers, Free Solo, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Rogers okay. one. Minding the Gap, which mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, McQueen, which was about oh, yeah. the fashion designer, Alexander mm-hmm. McQueen. Um, gosh, there was like two others. There was one that Frederick Wiseman made this year called Monrovia, Indiana. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, that and played it's really Heartland. good. <laughs> I haven't gotten a chance to see that, but I really want to because, you know, Indiana. It's really good. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw you kind of championing that um, on on Letterboxd, and but I have heard great yeah. things about Hale County this morning, this evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, of Fathers and Sons, I don't know really anything about that one yet. Me neither. And uh, and RBG, I liked. I didn't really love it. Mm-hmm. I think it'll win. Okay. Don't really want it to. I would prefer <laughs> Minding the Gap wins. Mm-hmm. Did you see? Could still have a chance. Who knows? Yeah. Did you see on the basis of sex? I did. Okay. I like that one. Did you see? I like. I don't know. I feel. I, I. I don't know. I have just issues with that, just because it feels like it's such an Oscar Beatty kind of just feel good biopic. Which there's nothing wrong with that, but like, I don't know. I like. It would make a great double feature with Hidden Figures. Yeah, exactly. And, and Hidden Figures was good. They're both they're they're both very much the same movie because they're both very mm-hmm. bluntly told yeah. movies. There's not like this um, special angle, right? Like, like Vice is a biopic that has a very different approach. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's nice to have that just straightforward approach because mm-hmm. uh, because. The, on the basis of sex, that movie should be shown in schools. Yeah. And, Kid, and it's, kids should be seeing it. And, like, I, I definitely respect that. And I, what I kind of came away from it, and I've been kind of honing my, my thoughts on it, because I, I feel like I don't want to, like, I don't want to shit on the, like, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg movie, because I respect her. <laughs> like, she's a, she's an important figure and everything. But, like, 
watching on the basis of sex, um, I just feel like I didn't learn a lot about her. Like it was just, it was kind of just a, a celebration of her as an iconic figure, which is fine, but it's from like, the director of Deep Impact. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Is that the same director? Mm-hmm. Wow. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. That is nuts. Mimi Leader. Yeah. Wow. Um, but just, I don't know, just, I, I felt like maybe it's just because we're in such a volatile political time, it seems that like, it's, I think just in, in, you know, I liked on the basis of sex, but there were mm-hmm. stronger choices. Yeah. And <clears throat> any other year that would probably be doing business. Yeah. Um, another one I would have liked to have seen in the best supporting actor category was John C. Riley. Who is, oh, and Stan blew and me Ollie? away in Stan and Ollie. I I liked Stan and I liked the performances in Stan and Ollie. Um, I thought that the movie itself was kind of dry for most of the runtime, um, especially because like it, I I kind of had like a disconnect with it because like that opening sequence that's just one take of them walking around the studio and then like you get uh is it Danny Houston as John uh, as Hal yes. Roach. And like you get like this conflict with them, and then suddenly it's like, oh, six. Well, you also get the later. you also get the sense of who they are, yeah. in the larger where they in the world they work in. Right, everyone loves Ollie. <laughs> Everyone's saying hi to Ollie. Yep. Nobody's even really saying anything to Stan. Right. It's it's a really well crafted like introduction to the movie, but I was just like. After seeing Danny Houston, I was like, oh, I'm so, I'm so pumped for like some conflict with Hal Roach and everything. Cause I don't know enough about the history and everything. And then suddenly it's like, oh, no, no, no. They're going to do their tour. It's 16 years later. It's, it's all good. Well, that's another one too. That's, that's very straightforward. Yeah. Um, you know, it focuses a lot on the fact that those two were just very in tune with one another. Yeah. I mean, when, when it gets to like their final performance together, like I, it was just, it was incredibly moving. I, and I just as performers really too, because they didn't mm-hmm. total, they didn't really socialize a lot yeah. with one another. Oh yeah. Um, and especially like when the movie picks up when they're starting that tour, I don't mm-hmm. think they saw much of each other in the years. I between. don't think so either. Um, and yet they were just so in sync. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> on, uh, Letterboxd have been doing this, um, comedy weekly comedy challenge uh who made that up uh, i don't know that's the thing that's the (laughs) that's the dangerous thing about letterboxd is they do all of these challenges and i'm like i have like four or five that i've you know just just kind of latched onto this year they came from with letterboxd yeah yeah just letterboxd users just Hmm. creating them and stuff and i'm like okay well this is this could be fun and then like we started one not not necessarily like a weekly challenge but like we've been doing like me and mike and tiny my co-host we've been doing this uh what we're calling the ov list challenge where we have selected a list and the list for this year is the uh roger ebert's great movies list 365 movies uh whichever one of us watches the most of those movies for the first time uh at the end of the year we pick what list we do next year essentially um i've watched five of them they haven't really watched any of them yet but uh it's still early but yeah, it's just, it's, it's addictive, um, letterboxed and like these little things. But anyway, so I've been doing the comedy challenge and, uh, one of them was like, um, uh, watch a, watch a comedy featuring a male comedy duo. And I was like, okay, Laurel and Hardy, I'll pick this movie. So I watched Pardon Us and just, I, their chemistry and their, the rhythm that they're in is just really great. I think they won the very first Oscar for, uh, 
<clears throat> best short film. Oh, nice. The, the music box, the one with the piano. Okay. Turning the piano up the stairs. I think that was the first winner of the, the short film live action. Nice. I have this freaking book that can tell right. me, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> sure. Um, sure. Um, um, I don't know that I can yeah. think of any other, like, snubs I'm really disappointed about yeah, uh, uh, this year. How do you feel about Bradley Cooper not getting Best Director? He'll live. Yeah. <laughs> if I had my way, it would have been... I, I would keep in Yogos Lanzamos mm-hmm. and um, and Alfonso Cuaron mm-hmm. and Spike Lee, and I would have thrown in um, Ryan Coogler for Black Panther. Yeah. And... Um, Shit, who was I just thinking of? <laughs> Bo Burnham? No, I think it was no. Barry Jenkins. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it was Barry Jenkins, yeah. Yes, yes, those five. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, Black Panther is who I want to win the Best Picture Award. Okay, do you there think... There was no other movie that was better, that was stronger, that was more 2018, that's going to mm-hmm. last more 10 years from now. It's as culturally significant as Titanic. That's... When but you better put it like that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Titan- the more culturally significant, as great as Titanic mm-hmm. is, it wasn't really a game changer the way Black Panther is, right? And when you put it like that, I totally get that. I, I don't know. I, I just, and maybe this is just me being just a, uh, your regular thirty-two-year-old <coughs> white man with a podcast, but like, I don't like. I, I just felt like as a as a movie. Like it is, it's really entertaining and it's very groundbreaking and everything, but it's also, I don't know. My kind of sticking point is that the whole like jump up to 10, up to 10 nominees was kind of in reaction to the dark Knight not, not getting any, uh, any, not getting nominated for best picture and the dark Knight completely like transcended that whole genre. Like that, like it is, it is like almost an, I don't want to say anti-comic book movie, but it's like, it's a comic book movie that is so in its, of its own kind, I, I would say. I would have nominated The Dark Knight. I just would not have awarded it. Best oh, picture. yeah. <laughs> I don't remember who all it would have been, or was, would have been up against. Or who won? Well, it was, it was, that, that was the year Slumdog Millionaire won. Oh, yeah. And I think I the Slumdog other nominees were Milk, mm-hmm. which should have won. Mm-hmm. Um, the Reader. Um, I think Frost, yeah, Frost Nixon. Okay. And I cannot remember what the fifth one might have been. Hmm. I think it was Benjamin Button. That. I'm just remembering Hugh Jackman's big number he hosted that year. Yeah. And that was still a really great Mm -hmm. uh, opening Mm -hmm. bit that he did. He Um, was great. Like, yeah. Um,. But, but yeah, yeah. Th- that's who I th- th- my my choice to win it is is Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Green Book at this point is gonna win. Is, yeah, I the hope momentum not. might be gone. I and think also the one that has the better shot now might be Roma. I I'm really hopeful for Roma because I I loved that movie so much, but I have a feeling that it also being nominated for best foreign film is going to kind of split the vote. Um. And it's not, it's well, not. That foreign language it. category is no joke. I've seen Roma. Mm-hmm. I just saw Cold War. I've seen, mm-hmm. uh, Shoplifters. The, I've uh, heard incredible things the about Japanese movie. And I mean, they're just mm-hmm. incredible. And you know, three of the films in that category, um, are, are already from, are from directors who have already won Oscars. Oh, yeah. Uh, huh. Quaron, of course, is a best director mm-hmm. winner. 
uh, Cold War director. I don't know how he's Pavel Pavlikovsky. In my best Polish there. That yeah. <laughs> uh, he his last film Ida won the best mm-hmm. foreign language film, and then Never Look Away. The German director Florian Henkel von Donnersmark won. Okay. Way back in 07 for like this movie Jeez. called The Lives of Others that was really really fantastic. Okay. Yeah, he did The Lives of Others. Which is great, won an Oscar. Then he did his Hollywood debut, it was the movie The Tourist. Oh, God. <laughs> then we didn't hear from him for years. Yeah. And I'm very happy to the, see that he's back. <laughs> the Golden Globe nominated Best uh, Musical Comedy, The Tourist, if I'm yes. not mistaken. <laughs> which tells you everything you need to know about the Golden Globes. They exactly. are just an excuse to get big Hollywood stars in one place and get them drunk. Yes. Which I've always found it to be much more, in terms of a ceremony, much more entertaining than, than that the is Oscars. usually the case. That yeah. is usually the case. Yeah. But I would say in this last decade, we've seen a little bit of a shift where the Golden yeah. Globes, particularly with the TV stuff, has become a little mm-hmm. more serious, and the Oscars a little more loose. I don't know what yeah. the deal is with that. Jeez. Uh, but you know the the Oscars they've been around just over ninety years now. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and they've been disappointing people since the very beginning. <laughs> right. Yeah. Since the very beginning. Yeah. I, I've always wanted to kind of go back and watch, like, fill, fill, fill the gaps that I have for it. Cause, like, there's a lot of, like, classic films that I've just, I, I've, have just escaped my radar. Um, and that's part of the reason why I'm making more of an effort to watch more classic stuff this year. Like, I just watched last night, I watched The Bank Dick. And the screen's greatest crank, W.C. Fields. <laughs> yeah. That man hated children. That's, that's what I hear. Um, there was this child actor. What was his name? Baby Leroy. Okay. That he was in a movie with W.C. Fields called It's a Gift. And mm-hmm. I guess Fields really felt like he was just taking a lot of screen time and focus away Jeez. from him. And apparently he would, he would spike his drinks with whiskey or something. Good God. Just to fuck with him. Wow. W.C. Fields was kind of nuts. <laughs> yeah, from the sound of it, yeah. <clears throat> and kind of a tragic life, too. But in The Bank Dick, I thought he did a great job. Um, but yeah, so I've wanted to fill a lot of a lot of gaps. And I don't know, I guess going through the Oscars, like the nominees and winners from past years is probably a good way to do that. But it's a pretty tall order. Um, yeah, TCM is yeah. doing their 31 days of Oscar right now. Oh. Which, you know encompasses 31 categories. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are only 34 categories, which is another thing huh. that, that ticks me off about people who complain yeah. about it. There are only 34. They're the only Jeez. award show that airs every category. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jeez. You know, and if they wanted to add new categories, there's mm-hmm. plenty that they could add. Best popular they, film. <laughs> they could be doing a category for stunt work. They could be doing, mm-hmm. A category for casting directors. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me that voice acting is not I, an yeah. Oscar that and category like mocap. Yet. You would um, think that Robin Williams and Aladdin would have changed that. Absolutely. Um, there could be one. There should be one for music supervisor. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. And uh, and I, I I would be okay with with an Oscar for best first film. Best feature film. That would be cool. First yeah. debut feature. Yeah. Especially like this year was there were a ton of like just. Directorial right. debuts that were... Ten, uh, four of the movies, my top ten of 2018, four of mm-hmm. the movies were directing debuts. Yeah, I, that's about the same with mine. Um, yeah, do you have your top ten off the top of your head? Um, 
Black Panther, Roma, uh, The Favorite, mm-hmm. Widows, If Beale Street Could Talk, uh, Eighth Grade, Sorry to Bother You, um, A Star is Born, Black Klansman, and Hereditary. Nice. Nice. And that was completely off the top of here. That's very yeah. impressive. And half of them are from black filmmakers, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was a good year for black filmmakers. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a kind of a good year for female filmmakers, kind of yeah. not. There were some great stuff from female filmmakers, if you actually go out. Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yeah. It was great from Daniel Heller. I still haven't been able, I, I um, haven't gotten around to seeing Private that. Life on Netflix mm-hmm. from Tamara Jenkins. Chloe Zhao's The Writer. It was a really good movie. I heard movie. great things. That is currently on Amazon Prime. I need to, I need to watch Which that. One of the critics groups, I think, named that the best film in 2018. Nice. Um, Lynn Ramsey's uh, You Were Never Really Here with, with Joaquin Phoenix was mm-hmm. really, really great. Of course, on the basis of sex. Right. Was, was also directed by a woman. So there, there was some yeah. good stuff. <laughs> there was also um, the HBO movie that like it, I, I don't think it played in any theater. So was I the one wasn't, with Laura Dern. Yeah, that wasn't. So it wasn't like in the running. I don't think it was in the running for any Academy or like any awards consideration. But um, oh my god, why can't I think? It was <clears throat> on my top ten list. The, uh, the tale. The tale. The tale. Incredibly powerful film. Like, and it's it was one of. Have you seen it? <clears throat> okay, yeah. Just the way that it's so intrinsically tied to her. And her story and everything is just mind blowing to me. Um, I kind of wish that it was <coughs> talked about more because it's one of the most like daring films I've seen. Well, you know, the, here's what I think is <clears throat> over the uh, the Academy's 90 year history, the, the mm-hmm. most egregious thing that they have ever done is the fact that there was not a best makeup award until the 1980s. I didn't even know that. Holy crap. Like it's unbelievable. Huh. How yeah. it took them that long to realize makeup artists are a thing. Jeez. Like imagine how many awards Lon Chaney could have racked up. Yeah. <clears throat> or the work that they did on the Universal mm-hmm. monster movies and, and and things like that. Um it's just weird. Uh you know, like Planet of the Apes and Two Thousand One of Space House came out the mm-hmm. same year. Two very different makeup designs. Yeah. Two very great makeup designs. Oh yeah, and there was no Oscar for for either that one. Is ridiculous. And that was like the, that's the stupidest thing I think the, yeah. the Academy has ever done. Oh yeah, I think the first winner was was Rick Baker for an American Werewolf in London. Okay, let me look at fair. Let me actually yeah. look at this. Sure. Um. Yeah. It. The Oscar, like, and I kind of feel like there's such a sense of importance placed on, on the Oscars and it, cause it is like movie Super Bowl, Um, and it's just, it's something that I just, I wish, I wish I could put more credence into, into the Oscars. Um, but it's, it's never like as the older I get, it's the less, uh, I feel that it's representative <clears throat> of the best films as subjective as that is. Uh, but we well, know the voting the, body is, yeah. is getting younger and more diverse now. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see the shift in, mm. in, in a lot of the stuff that is nominated. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at last year. A lot of people were pulling for Get Out mm-hmm. to win, including me. Yeah. And The Shape of Water won. But, and, and The Shape of Water was considered the shape, the, the safe choice. 
Well, what is the shape of water about? <laughs> yeah. A deaf woman who fucks a fish man. Right. That's the safe choice. Yeah. That's not crash. That's, that's right. So there is a, a shift mm-hmm. going on. Which I think is, is a really good, uh, indicator. That's, that's sums up really well how, uh, disappointed I am with, with Green Book being so. Well, there is still this, yeah. there's still a voting block of like mm-hmm. these baby boomer type yeah. Oscar voters who really love those straightforward, inspirational, yeah. make them feel good movies. Right. And if they had to pick one this year, I wish they would have gone with First Man instead. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I have such a complicated, uh, reaction to First Man just cause I, I don't First know. Man is another one where if this were any other year, it would probably be one of these stronger movies out there. Yeah. Like, I loved the depiction of all of the space flights and, and test flights and everything. Like, the horror of that was depicted really well. I just don't think as accurate as it was to, like, Neil Armstrong as a character, I don't, I don't think as a subject he's that interesting. And I, I don't think there was a way, like, they tried to make, make it a more emotional kind of, subtle kind of emotional uh arc form and then like it worked a little bit but for me it was just like i don't think there was enough well chazelle for me is is damien chazelle Mm. he's starting to for me to to come come across a lot like nolan Mm. and kubrick where the performance is almost an afterthought yeah which that was the deal with stanley kubrick it was very Mm. much a big set piece sure um he didn't really care so much about the acting and the actors. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the acting really stood out, which is, I think, you know, Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Yeah. Um, or Heath Ledger in, in Dark Knight. Uh, but usually it's just like, uh, what, what are the acting do you remember in Interstellar? Uh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I have such a, uh, I have such a, uh, uh, sorted history with Interstellar. Like, like there was an, like we did an episode of the podcast where we, we reviewed Interstellar and like, I was so like, I, I don't know. I was, this was like four years ago. I was, I'll admit that I had very high hopes for the movie because it, it checked all my boxes. It was Christopher Nolan. It was Christopher Nolan doing a space movie. It was Christopher Nolan doing a space movie that I had, uh, that had been on my radar when Steven Spielberg was supposed to do it like years and years before. And they were saying that it's going to be his 2001. But then when I actually saw the movie, I was like, this doesn't feel too like, I don't know. It, it didn't feel like to me it was the concepts were very unique, but it didn't feel like there was anything that was, really that interesting to me i really i really loved it yeah and i was glad that nolan finally kind of just was blatant about how much he isn't so concerned with the performances Mm -hmm. in in dunkirk because yeah dunkirk is very much like (laughs) this video game Mm -hmm. and and you're not really sure where it's gonna go next right not that not that great performances can't come from that approach um and I think for its faults, Interstellar did have uh, one or two like good acting scenes. Uh, the fact that it one of them is like Anne Hathaway talking about how love is a is a scientific property and it connects everything and was really hokey for me. Um, but that is how I but, that is how I, I I'm beginning to see Damien Chazelle's yeah um, films. Mm-hmm. It was just too bad that there was no reference to jazz in that. Um, <laughs> 
in that movie because uh, I feel like that would have hit like his trifecta. I was um, surprised Claire Foy did not make it to the best supporting actress category. <laughs> yeah, that seemed like a sure bet. It did, and then it didn't happen. Yeah, but and that kind of goes back to my kind of um, <clears throat> issues with First Man in general is that like. For as strong as she was, like, there was a lot of her not acting out, but like her basically uh, vocalizing all of her internal, uh, her uh, inner kind of anger at Neil Armstrong. But he, just because that's the, how the character is drawn, he doesn't, there's no back and forth with them. It's just like, it's just, she's kind of against a brick wall with that. And maybe that kind of factors into it because it's, she did a great job, but I feel like it was almost, I wouldn't say a thankless role, but it was, it wasn't as dynamic as I think it could have been if Neil Armstrong was a more interesting subject for drama. <clears throat> so I was right about the makeup award. Oh, yeah. Uh, 1981, Rick Baker received the first Oscar for makeup for his work on An American Werewolf in London. Okay. A fight the previous year over the Academy's refusal to create an award for John Hurt's remarkable appearance in The Elephant Man resulted oh, yeah. in this first-time Oscar. It okay. took decades. Jesus. Makeup and hair design has been part of cinema since the very beginning, and it yeah. took decades. God. What the hell is that? <laughs> Do you think uh, mocap should be honored? With the with a category, yeah. Although with that is you know there there's there's just not a lot of it around. There's That's no, true. Not as much around. Yeah. Voice acting is easy. There's a lot of cartoons right. these days, and not even just cartoons. Like <clears throat> if you remember Scarlett Johansson and her. Yeah. <clears throat> you know there's there's the, the, those kind of voice acting. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Um. But I, I, I don't, I don't oppose motion capture mm-hmm. as long, but it has, it's still got some ways to go to get more people. Can't just be Andy Circus every year. Right. <laughs> yeah. It is, it does still have that kind of novelty to it at this point that even though every year it's, um, it's an Although I would have, last, but one of the big snubs that I, uh, I think is, is, I would have nominated Andy Circus for two towers. Mm-hmm. For a supporting actor, just let him yeah. in there with the other nominees. I would oh, yeah. have, I would have gone with that. Hmm. Um, um, what are what are some of the biggest <clears throat> snubs in Oscar history by your by your account? Well, you know, the first be- best picture award winner was this movie called Wings. I've yep, I've never seen um, it, but yeah, who directed that? Gary Cooper is in it. Mm. Um. <clears throat> you know, the only two silent movies to ever win Best Picture was The Wings, the very first winner. Huh. And The Artist. And The Artist. Holy crap. Those are the wow. only two. That's nuts. Um, uh, Wings was directed by William Wellman. That's who it was. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, it's interesting because, uh, oh, he directed the 1937 Star is Born. Um, hmm. the, the very first Best Picture winner probably should have been Metropolis. Oh, uh, yeah. From, from Fritz Long. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, and and I would have chose nominated. There's this Danish movie from back then, The Passion of Joan of Arc. Okay, from I've Carl, heard of that. Carl uh, Dreyer, uh, mm-hmm. which is magnificent, and and that was would have been a good best first best actress winner, Renee Falconetti, mm-hmm. who I don't think was even an actress 
she, I don't think she ever made another movie. Wow. Um, and she's brilliant in that. Mm-hmm. Um, the 1931, mm-hmm. Frankenstein comes out. Didn't, didn't get zip. God. Which could have taken best picture, best director, mm-hmm. best actor for Boris Carla, mm-hmm. best art direction, probably Jeez. best adapted screenplay. Um, <clears throat> it's just, it, and you know what? Bride of Frankenstein was another one that did not, did not get any Academy love. That same year, mm-hmm. 1931, <clears throat> Chaplin put out City Lights. Oh, God. No Oscars. See, that's. No nominations. That was, uh, that was the first in the comedy challenge that, that I'm doing. And that was my first Charlie Chaplin movie. And like, it blew me away. Like, and it was, uh, my first, I think, want to say my first like feature length, like silent film. Um, and like, just, I-, I was blown away by it. Um, just the emotion of it. And I'm like a sucker for rom-coms too. So that like was super nice. But yeah, that's, that's a shame. He and the Academy didn't have a great relationship, mm. I don't think. Yeah. Um, I just and then watched... it didn't help that he was, you know, at some point he got banned from the country for decades. That's right. Um, yeah, I just watched The Great Dictator um, a few days ago, and, like, that, it blew me away. Um, so I'm really looking forward to watching more Charlie Chaplin. Because, yeah, he was, Chaplin was nominated for Best Director for the first ceremony. Mm-hmm. But then that that nomination was rescinded, and I I don't Jeez. remember why. But you know, Chaplin was you know a bit of a troublemaker, and right, um, yeah, his his films, you know, Modern Times, Great Dictator, City mm-hmm. Lights. You would think they would have been Academy darlings. They were. Oh they yeah, were not. absolutely. They were not. Jeez. <clears throat> um, there's this a uh, German, <laughs> another German movie from Fritz Lang, M. I've heard about that. <clears throat> the, uh, Again, it's another uh, blind spot for me. Which is like Peter Lorre's finest screen hour. And okay. that could have been a great best picture director, actor, mm. uh, trifecta. Um, Jeez. The Marx Brothers never got any Academy love. Wow. <laughs> and I would totally... Duck Soup, right? Yes. Okay. And I totally would have given all of them the best actor award for Duck Soup. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said that's in like two or three weeks on my <clears throat> comedy challenge. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Like the Cannes Film Festival will give Best Actor and Actress awards to groups sometimes. Okay. Sure. Um, Do you think should there should be an ensemble award for the Oscars? Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then it'd be hard to kind of. I think it'd be a challenge differentiating that from like Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, and and then one of the best the best B movie ever made, King Kong. Not nominated for a single thing. God. You got to wonder how some of these people felt when when these movies became so iconic and everything yeah. and they didn't they didn't bother with them. Um uh, I was really excited because I when Filmstruck was a thing, I had subscribed to it for like a month and then I just have a bunch of other streaming services. So I just kind of canceled it. And then when that shuttered, uh, I like they announced that the Criterion channel was going to come out and they did like a charter thing where like, Oh, if you sign up now, you'll get, you know, we'll give you discounts and everything when we launch the channel. So like I signed up for the mailing list and everything. And then a couple of weeks after Filmstruck closed down. Like they just sent like a digital digital codes for um, four classic movies. One was King Kong, 
One was uh, the 1937 A Star is Born, um, The Adventures of Robin Hood, and uh, Casablanca. So I was like, I'm super excited to uh, watch that. And I think Singing in the Rain was <clears throat> there too. Yeah, Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain was another one that I really just ignored. Did it really? It got two nominations, <sighs> one of which was for Gene Hagen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think any of its songs that's were that's insane nominated at although not a lot of them I think were written for the movie like Singing in the Rain actually existed long right. before they ever made it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like the second or third movie that it appeared in, I think. Yeah. Um, um, God, what is his name? What is the? But you know, um, that was a that that's been one of the greatest sins of the Academy too mm-hmm. is that Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire never really got their due. Yeah. Um, Jeez. I don't think Gene Kelly even got an honorary award. Fred Astaire did, yeah. but I don't think Gene Kelly did. And it's really, That's a shame. it's really dumb. Like, sure, they did musicals. They were dancing. A lot of the performance yeah. was dancing and singing, but you know, they gave a best actor award to Rex Harrison for my, <laughs> my fair lady. Jeez. Not a lot of people remember that. And like the amount of work that went into <clears throat> like those performances, like it's singing in the rain. I was just gobsmacked by just how, how energetic and just well, well done it was. Gene Kelly apparently had a cold when they actually huh. did the singing in the rain sequence. Nice. Um, jeez. But yeah, and I, I know Fred Astaire was actually nominated once mm-hmm. for. For the Towering Inferno. Oh, God. In the 1970s. Wow. I think that was his only Oscar nomination. Jeez. Uh, uh, one of, um, God. Some of my greatest, my favorite performances ever were not Oscar nominated at all. Okay. Um, of course, Catherine Hepburn has won more Oscars than any other actor in history. She has, huh. f- she won four. Jeez. Some wow. of them, a few have three, nobody has four except Kate Hepburn. Wow. Uh, and, and in the same category too. Huh. Um, that's, I didn't know that. Interesting. But, uh, they didn't really, um, they never really awarded her for her best stuff. <laughs> um, jeez. I would say her, the lion in winter is probably the one she got that was like one of her really best ones. Okay. But, uh, her and Carrie Grant did this great movie called Bringing Up Baby. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, She's just beautiful at it. She's yeah. manic. She's insane, crazy. She's she's a little like that Catherine Hepburn you meet in The Aviator. Okay. Um, I need to see that again. Just uh, wildly entered. It's one of the best comedy mm. performances ever. And I think Bringing a Baby was just completely ignored by the Oscars. Jeez. Um, another one I really love is Rosalind Russell in the movie His Girl Friday. Okay, I haven't seen that. Which is oh. another one with Cary Grant. Yeah, and another Howard that. Hawks movie. Okay, yeah, Howard <laughs> Hawks. Um, huh. It wasn't even a nominee for its screenplay, mm-hmm. which is like the fastest freaking dialogue you'll ever hear Jeez. in a movie. There's this great scene of Rosalind Russell. She plays a reporter. I mm. mean, she's working like two phones at once. <laughs> um, it's nuts. God. And it just all rolls off the tongue with both of them. Mm-hmm. Um. And as, speaking of Cary Grant, uh, he was in a movie, Notorious, for Alfred Hitchcock. Okay, yeah. Happens to be my favorite of his that I think should have been nominated. I think Cary Grant nice. only ever got two nominations in his whole career. Wow. 
for really subpar movies it's, too. It's crazy that like these like iconic figures in in cinema history like are not as right. uh, well regarded by the Academy in their in their time. He got an honorary award in <laughs> the seventies or eighties. Jeez. Um, Edward G. Robinson uh, was never nominated. Huh. And he, he definitely should have been for the the movie Double Indemnity. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, he just chews on that dialogue. He's in love with that <laughs> with that role he's got. Nice. He did get an honorary award, I think, shortly before he passed away. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, do do you know Edward G. Robinson? Um, not off the top. I I don't uh, I don't think know if Chief I've seen Wiggum? anything. Okay. <laughs> nice. When when Hank Azaria does Chief Wiggum, he's okay. basically doing a bad Edward G. Robinson. Nice. Ah, yeah. See, <laughs> uh, if you've ever seen the Ten Commandments, okay, that's on my he's list. He's in that, yeah. and he has that line. <laughs> Where's your Messiah now? Eh? And I, <laughs> I think it's I think that's it's Billy great. Crystal that has a stand-up bit where he's just talking about like why is there a guy with a Brooklyn accent in that's ancient Egypt? Awesome. <laughs> Um, God. Humphrey Bogart did get Oscar nominations and even won ones. Nice. Um, although he was in the movie The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, mm-hmm. and he's fucking amazing in that he's a villain. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen that since high school. Um, I really need to watch Bogey it. Bogey kind of started as a villain in mm. his early movies. Okay. And then he became like the cynical hero, and then he got mm. to be... Treasure Sierra Madre, he got to be like the scary villain. Nice. He was also really great in this movie for Nicholas Ray called In a Lonely Place. Okay. Um, where he's, he's a sad villain. Like, huh. he's a screenwriter who may have killed, murdered this woman and. Nice. It's kind of like Bogey tearing down his image. Um, That's awesome. It's a really, really beautiful movie. Nice. Um, Alec Guinness. Mm-hmm. Who we all know has genuine class. Um, yes. he is an Oscar winner, Bridge on the River Kwai. Mm-hmm. But one of his, uh, first movies, he was in this movie called Kind Hearts and Coronets. Okay. Which is about this, um, this man from a very rich family who finds out that he is, he stands to inherit the fortune, but he has like eight other relatives before him. Okay. So he decides to kill them all. Huh. And he does right. so one by one. Each, each relative, including the women, are all played by Alec Guinness. Oh, it's that's so awesome. funny. It's so funny. <laughs> Robin Williams attempted to make a remake of this. Oh, wow. <laughs> which I'm glad he never did. Yeah. But, but yes, masterful acting on mm. the part of Guinness. And it was, you know, that, that was an Oscar worthy performance that's right crazy. there. Um, nice. the great James Cagney, mm-hmm. uh, Another, he won an Oscar, Yankee Doodle Dandy. Okay. Uh, he was best known for the gangster movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you dirty rat, you killed my brother. <laughs> um, and his last gangster movie was his movie called White Heat. Okay, yeah. I, I haven't seen it. But. He's just a complete psycho. I mean, Cagney is the precursor of, like Jack Nicholson. And oh, that's awesome. Every actor who's played the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, he's got that famous scene at the end of that movie where he, he literally gl- goes out in, in flames and he's like, he's in a factory, I think it's exploding mm-hmm. around him and he's just like, top of the world, ma, and boom, and then the movie's over. That's awesome. <clears throat> um, and then there is The Searchers. That is, 
coming up, like I'm doing a director challenge also on Letterboxd. Like that's that's my first John. Basically, the director's challenge. I've I've picked twenty directors, and mm-hmm. I'm basically each round I'm doing like a movie I haven't seen from each one, and then as I go through each round, like I'll. Like I finished like watching all of uh, Wes Anderson movies. He's going to be eliminated from the list and everything. But yeah. John Ford is on there, and the searchers. <laughs> is, John Ford yeah. made over two hundred movies. I don't even know if all of them are available. Yeah, it's going to be a long, a uh, long project. Um, but but yeah, uh, the searchers was the first, first bit, uh, you know, first pick because John Ford very... won more directing Oscars than anyone else. He has he oh, had, nice. he won four. Jeez. Um, and yet, The Searchers was his masterpiece, mm-hmm. and it didn't get a single nomination. God, and that's John Wayne's best performance mm. ever. Jeez, I mean, that movie just breaks my heart to watch it. Mm. You know, a lot of people just really loathe John Wayne, right? A lot of people won't watch anything but John Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I think either side, both sides, sell them short. I mean, John Wayne mm. was much more complex as an actor. Then people give him credit for. Yeah. And the searchers is definitely where you, you see that. Nice. Um, there's, um, of course, Kurosawa. Uh, mm. he did get some Oscar nominations. Nice. I don't think he was ever best director, mm. but, uh, Seven Samurai definitely should have probably mm. won best picture when it came Yeah. Out. And, and its star, uh, Toshiro Mifune. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy could have given bogey lessons. He was magnificent. Yeah, I love the uh, kind of working relationship between him and Kurosawa. Like throughout their careers, like they, uh, like that is such a great like filmmaker and muse kind of relationship. Um, from the, what I've seen of him, just really great. Um, I know that in the I don't know what they're actually called, but like the Japanese equivalent of the Oscars, uh, yeah. Godzilla won over. Seven Samurai that year. Really? Yeah. Uh, which Godzilla is amazing. Like the original is, it's like an incredible movie, but I'm like, Seven Samurai, man, that, yeah. Um, but I mean, you know. I actually think, um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs should have been a, a best picture winner. That's oh, when nice. it came out. I mean, it, it totally changed the game. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought it was going to be successful. Wow. Nobody, everybody was like, who's going to watch a cartoon for that long? Right. <laughs> Jeez. Of course, Walt Disney is, nobody won more Oscars than Walt Disney. Huh. I don't even know how many he has. That's insane. That and makes I sense. don't think anyone got more nominations than Walt Disney, too. Jeez. Um, huh. Um, there's this movie called Night of the Hunter. Uh, from Charles Lawton, only movie mm. he ever directed for some reason. Oh, wow. And Robert Mitchum is a total monster in it. <laughs> nice. He's uh, terrorizing these children because they have this doll that has uh, some money in it, that some okay. stolen money in it, and he is trying to get it. He marries their mother, mm. played by Shelley Winters, murders her, and then he's he goes after the children. And, wow. um it's really a scary movie, and he is, he's, his character's name is Reverend Harry Powell, <laughs> and he's just a complete monster. He has love on one, tattooed on one knuckles, huh. hate on the other, and, uh, he's, Jeez. I don't think Robert Mitchum ever actually got nominated for an Oscar in his, in his huh. time, which is very sad, and yeah. if he sh- got one, it should have been Night of the Hunter. Jeez. Um... Hitchcock amazingly did not get a lot of love from the Oscars. Yeah, I was just gonna ask, um, 
yeah, la- like last year, I've I watched a kind of a refresher course on different Hitchcock movies, um, rewatching and watching for the first time a lot of them, and like just. I mean, he's deserving of the acclaim that he has. Like, he's an institution. I would have at but... least given him two um, for Vertigo and Psycho. Mm-hmm. Vertigo definitely should have been a Best Picture winner. Yeah. Um, and James Stewart definitely should have at least been a nominee. I don't know if I would have given it to him. Hmm. But uh, that might be James Stewart's greatest performance in Oscar just was probably too scared by it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hitchcock, Jeez. Rebecca is his only movie that ever won. That's right. Best picture. That's which one of beat my out another one too. of his movies. There was, he had two movies really? nominated that same year. Huh. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, Foreign Correspondent, I think. Oh, okay. Oh, I love Foreign Correspondent. Um, cause yes, the, the, the Oscars used to nominate more than five at the, Jeez. in the beginning. Huh. I think the most best picture nominations ever were like 14. Oh my God. Um, but sometimes it would be like a dozen. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and yeah, I, and Hitchcock did get it. He got an honorary award. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was about it. In fact, Jeez. uh, and his actors rarely got nominated either. Uh, I still think it's a damn shame. Anthony Perkins was never nominated for yeah. Psycho. Janet Lee was, uh, Perkins was not. That's good. And then, like, Joan Fontaine is the only actor who ever won an Oscar for a Hitchcock movie. Wow. That's yeah. nuts. That's nuts. Like, Anthony Perkins, like, that's one of the iconic roles in, like, horror um, and suspense. Like, it's just, it's so good. Um, Marilyn Monroe, never nominated for an wow. Oscar. I just watched my first Marilyn Monroe movie last night. Um uh, g- gentlemen prefer blondes with her and uh, Jane Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, like, <laughs> like watching it, I was like, I totally get why she was like this, like huge sex symbol. Like, she is just incredible. Um, and I had always thought, like, oh, like I had always thought that, like, oh, she was just like, uh, just a sex symbol. Like she did, like I was under the impression that she didn't really have that much like talent, but she did a really good job in that kind of, you're thinking of Jane Mansfield. Yeah. No, that's mean. <laughs> that's mean. Um, <laughs> some like it hot. Mm. You know, that movie encapsulates everything about Monroe, everything that made mm-hmm. her great and everything that made her tragic. Yeah. Um, I think Jack Lemon. Did get nominated for that one. Okay. Uh, deservedly. But, um, but yeah, it's like Marilyn Monroe never, uh, never did get nominated for a single Oscar. Jeez. Um, another movie that's very iconic that, that amazingly got very little Oscar love, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Huh. I think was nominated for its original, its, its music, the score. Okay. And that's the only nomination? I think there was another one. I can't remember what it was, but I mean, I probably would have given it the best picture award. It definitely, Mm -hmm. it was a nominee. It definitely, Gene Wilder definitely should have been a supporting actor. nominee. absolutely. Um, (sighs) you know, it's set design, the cinematography, the editing, Mm -hmm. the makeup design, the music, the songs. Mm -hmm. That's the most surprising thing is the songs were not nominated. Yeah. None of the songs. That is insane. That, uh. 
um, another one from the 1970s, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I've still um, never seen that, and it's it's such a big like blind spot for me. I think only like two of the songs were written for the movie. Mm-hmm. Of course, it was ignored. Everyone ignored it when it came out. Sure. Uh, Tim Curry definitely should have been an Oscar nominee, mm-hmm. uh, best supporting actor. I mean, that is a performance that changes people's lives when they see it. Yeah. And it has been doing that for decades now. Um, uh, they did like a TV show, like adaptation or re- not reboot, or they did something on TV like a few years ago with Rocky Horror. Oh, they did a they did a did l- they? a show like a stage show, but it, okay. For one, it wasn't live, and huh. I just saw. I don't know what the whole point of it was. I never yeah. saw it. Okay. Um, hmm. and then uh, a Christmas story. Complete, you know, was one that just mm. never, there's no Oscar love on that one. Jeez. Another one, best picture, um, production design, editing mm. the score. Melinda Dillon probably could have been a great contender. She's a two time Oscar nominee. Nice. And I don't think it was a, would have been a stretch to nominate her yeah. for, for that. I mean, I, she's, as far as acting goes in, in a Christmas story, hers mm. is the one, hers is the performance I remember the best. Yeah. I I was just never a fan of the Christmas story. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just um oversaturating in my life like as a kid, like just seeing it too many times. My hot take but, on a Christmas yeah. story is that <laughs> uh you can take the narration out and it would be just as good. Oh, I don't know why something about the narration bothers me. Sure. I really huh. don't know why. I think it might have <laughs> been like years of you know having a lot of white dude friends who mm-hmm. treat it like it's sacred text. Oh yeah. It's like, it's not that great. Right. Um, Jeez. Um, one of the more, um, uh, unorthodox performances I think should have been an Oscar contender was, uh, divine. I don't know if you know who divine is. No, he was a, he was a 300 pound drag queen. Oh, wow. Or, Maybe trans. I don't know what mm-hmm. he would consider himself now. But sure. he made films with John Waters. Oh, okay. Uh, Pink Flamingos, Polyester, Desperate Living. Mm-hmm. He was in the original Hairspray. Ah. Uh, he was the original huh. Edna Turnblad. Okay. Uh, the mom. And he also plays the uh, the TV station owner, the racist TV station owner, Arvin something. And so there's two different versions of Divine in the movie. And he's great and definitely should have been a an oscar thing huh um i've always loved vincent d'onofrio as an actor and mm-hmm. he's never been nominated and he definitely should have been recognized for for uh full metal jacket you absolutely <laughs> absolutely like that i i've seen full metal jacket maybe three times in my life like from beginning to end and like <laughs> uh like my my parents uh, were Marines and like my, like my dad and my brother, like love the first act of Full Metal Jacket, but they're not like, like they're like, they, they wouldn't, uh, like, I don't know. They, they only watch it for the authenticity of the, the boot camp stuff. But, um, so I saw that like a lot growing up in just like the haunting performance of, of Vincent D'Onofrio is just in- incredible. I I think he's always great, and it's hard to it's still hard for me to believe he's that same guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah. Um. God, just iconic. Um. Uh, it's funny because we were just talking about how Kubrick didn't really 
go for performances or anything. Right. But yeah. Um, I I would have nominated Malcolm McDowell for best actor for uh, a Clockwork, Clockwork Orange because that's yeah. another performance that just really gets under your skin and yeah. stays with you. Oh, so yeah. is uh, Michael Rooker in. Henry portrait, oh, of, a portrait serial of a serial killer. killer. Yeah, that movie kind of messed me up a little bit. Um, that's one of those that I see once, and I'm like, "That's really great." I don't yeah. want to see it again, though. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's <coughs> it's that kind of. It goes against like j- my memory of it. At least goes against like just conventional like filmmaking and storytelling in film because it's just like it's so just you're there with them, and it's just so it that yeah. that's what gets under my skin. Is it so? It and feels yet, so authentic. What was the big movie from that era that that covered the same ground? Natural Born Killers. Oh, huh, yeah. Which is a little more toxic than anything. Right. Right. As a th- thematically, Jeez. I'm not with Natural Born Killers. I think it's mm. very kind of hypocritical. And I blah, honestly blah. don't think I've seen it from beginning to end. Uh, if I have, it was when I was a kid. But it seems more like, uh, um stylized than anything that's the only reason my I love interpretation it. of it oh really interesting i love that stone switches up all those styles and he does mm-hmm. it just so frenetically yeah and and um i love that i i appreciate that but the thematically the point he's trying to make he he doesn't do it okay. he doesn't do it very well at all hmm. Although I have a weird connection with natural born killers it's just um <laughs> They shot the prison scenes at Statesville Prison in Illinois, and okay. I had an uncle locked up there at oh, the time. Wow. I think maybe he might still be there. I don't even know. Huh. But he was going to be an extra. Oh, shit. And uh, they, he wasn't – it didn't happen because he was mm. deemed too much of a security risk because he oh, escaped wow. prison once before. Oh, shit. And um, That's – wow. So they didn't let him do it, but he did meet Oliver Stone, and he got huh. – uh, Oliver Stone signed a pair of sneakers for him. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> about two years later, he escaped jail again. And oh God. I remember reading a police report about all that stuff, specifically mentioning that he was wearing the same sneakers that Oliver Stone <laughs> signed for him. Wow. Um, that's, so yeah, that, <laughs> that's kind of amazing. <laughs> it, it's just bizarre. Every yeah. Time I see that movie. Jeez. Um, one movie from the eighties that that is crazy good that I love, Airplane. Oh yeah, iconic. Yeah. Um, you know the Academy they got their thing with with comedy that they don't. Yeah. Do you think there should be like a separate category for like different genres? I don't know. Yeah. Because it's it's always the same that like, and I mean this could easily kind of veer off into like oh popular movie, but like. I mean, they're so clearly defined. Like, genre movies are a thing. Like, it should be mm-hmm. kind of celebrated. Because, like I said, anytime there's a horror movie that transcends the horror trappings to actually be good, uh, yeah. there's such a campaign to discredit it as a horror movie and say, oh, no, 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 this is actually a thriller. Um, <laughs> you know, she chops off her head with piano wire, but it's a thriller. Um, it's a family film. Yeah, that's exactly. What, that's what Hereditary is. It's yeah. a family drama. Yeah. Um, and it's just such a such a kind of a demeaning thing. Uh, kind of like turn your nose up at at genre movies because they're not prestigious enough. But like, I feel like there should be a place for hell, horror, action, 
comedy. Like comedy, like those types of movies use different skill sets that, like, I don't know. Maybe yeah. well, you know the the you know what the one of the best comedic performances ever that did not get any Oscar love was Steve Martin in this movie called All of Me. Huh. I um, don't think I've heard of that movie. He. I'm going to do bad on the... (laughs) He plays some guy that gets the spirit of a dead woman played by Lily Tomlin, like, it possesses him or something. Okay. And he's kind of, like, split down the middle where half of him is her and half of him is him. It's his best... It's his finest screen hour. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, really makes the case for his genius. And and then not... Uh, I think there actually was a lot of lobbying to have him nominated, and and it did not happen. Huh. Um, and, so, and and another couple of other genre film performances. Um, uh, I really love Jeff Goldblum in The Fly. Oh, uh, interesting. Jeff Goldblum never nominated once for an Oscar. If he deserved any recognition, it definitely was for mm. The Fly. I. Uh... Again, another list that I have going. Um, uh, my co-host Mike, he uh, he's a horror junkie. Like he is, like he is a horror movie expert. So, like I've kind of gotten away from horror movies. So I was like, hey, make me a list of twenty essential horror movies that I should watch that I haven't seen yet. And uh, I've been working my way through that. He put them in order, and number one is The Fly. So I'm going from twenty to one. I'm we're actually going to do like a series. Uh, on the podcast about it uh, for later this year, but another another one fly. that's from Cronenberg, uh, mm-hmm. Dead Ringers, okay. which has Jeremy Irons in it as these twins uh, who are both gynecologists, huh. and um, it's really I, I, it might be for me it might be Cronenberg's very best. It doesn't get en- it doesn't get enough love, but Jeremy Irons in it is masterful. Of course, mm-hmm. he was a you know he did win Best Actor uh, eventually. Um, but yeah, what did he uh, win for? Reversal of Fortune. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got nothing. Huh. Um, and then there is what I still think is the greatest comic book movie performance of all time: Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. Huh. Really, really should have been uh, Oscar nominated on that one. Interesting. Uh, I she makes that whole movie. Sure, sure. <laughs> It's just I I don't know I'm uh I just I my head is cloudy with Heath Ledger as the Joker, but that's that's interesting. I hey, I don't remember much about Batman Returns. What Selena Kyle is a is basically a, a schizo in the movie. Yeah, that's right. And who would have thought to approach that character that way? No, hmm. you know nobody had ever seen that. Nobody has ever Jeez. done it. Um. Batman Returns is a, is a lot richer mm-hmm. thematically than a lot of people let on. I mean, <laughs> That's of course, we were children. Right? Yeah, we okay, were children yeah. when it came out. Yeah. So when you're a kid, it's like a lot of the Penguin stuff really sticks out for you. And right. as, you get, as you get older, you realize there's a lot to what's happening with Michelle Pfeiffer here. Interesting. And I I think huh. it's incredible. I think it's I think it's just the best performance you would ever see you've ever seen in a comic book movie. Wow. You know, Heath Ledger's close behind. I would yeah. also give Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder. Mm-hmm. Um, but nah, I, and then it didn't, it doesn't hurt that Michelle Pfeiffer is beautiful. Well, yeah. Looks great huh. as Catwoman. Jeez. Um, 
And then I've got uh, one of my all-time favorite movies is The Purple Rose of Cairo. Okay. I One so, of my blind spots. Woody Allen. And uh, I think it's Mia Farrow's best. Some people wow. say Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. I just adore Mia Farrow in mm. Purple Rose of Cairo. Just absolutely adore her. Huh. Um, it's weird to me that in the 1980s, The Terminator and A Nightmare on Elm Street didn't get anything, any recognition for visual effects. That is, that is interesting. Not even Terminator, That's, which was done by Stan Winston. Yeah. Oscar darling. Um, That's insane. Um, and Nightmare, Nightmare on, uh, Elm Street. I almost said Nightmare on Edgewood. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, like that, visually it's amazing. Like it's, it's, it's really like for a movie that could be dated, it, it kind of has that weird kind of like it feels dated, but it's, it's not dated enough to where it feels schlocky. Um, it's still like visually interesting and it also works that it's you know um freddie isn't doing his little one-liners um i i do think that uh i do think robert england deserves an honorary oscar Mm -hmm. Uh, Wes craven as well but yeah but yes uh uh robert england definitely Mm -hmm. um there's the movie uh, there's a movie called harold and maud oh yeah ruth gordon and Mm -hmm. that one of the most amazing performances I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I don't think Harold and Maude got any sort of recognition. It's I feel very, like it didn't. Very much yeah. a cult movie. Mm-hmm. And um, But Ruth Gordon, mm, that's one of the great overlooked. I would have given it to her, too. Yeah. The 80s and, mm-hmm. and 70s are, are hard with the best actress categories because there's a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. Um, huh. And... um. I also do think that John Waters should get an honorary award someday. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen any John Waters movies or anything. I, I just, I don't Pecker? think I've seen. Nope. No, no. Serial Mom? Oh, Serial Mom. I have, that's, I think that's the one that I've seen. Very fun. Very fun. Well, you movie. know, after his seventies heyday, he didn't, he just didn't make much. Mm-hmm. He did Hairspray, which was very successful. He made a few in the nineties and then that was. Mm-hmm. That was really it. He also appears in a Lonely Island music video. Yep. So, and he, you know, he is, um, he's one of the great maverick artists of Mm. of cinema and he definitely should have an honorary award. Um, they need to give one to Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. I don't know the rules of the honorary awards. Do they have to be alive? Uh, I'm not sure on that. Yeah. Because when you mentioned Wes Craven, I was thinking like, can they do a posthumous? Because as far as I know, everyone who has ever received an honorary award has been alive. Huh. Um, So I'm not sure what the rules are on that, which is Mm -hmm. why I think it's really bad on the Academy's part that Doris Day has yet to get one. Oh, yeah. She's like 95. Jeez. And I I don't understand what the deal is that they have not given her an honorary Oscar. Right. That's, That's really crazy. Jeez. Um... Yeah, there's there's just a Oh, and then I, I wanna mention um mm. the movie Don't Look Now from Nicholas Rogue uh, uh, who passed away a few months ago. Okay. Uh definitely should have been a best picture, best director, wow. cinematography and editing. Um that that one is and also Donald Sutherland I don't think has ever been nominated for I feel like he movie. hasn't. Yeah. 
He definitely should have been for ordinary people. Hmm. But uh, Don't Look Now is the one with him and Julie Christie in Venice, and you know, they, they they just lost their daughter. Okay. There's this serial killer going on, happening, and Sutherland seems to think that his daughter might still be... It's it's weird. It's a weird movie. Sure. Huh. It's a weird story written by Daphne du Maurier, who wrote mm-hmm. Rebecca and the Birds that yes. Hitchcock okay. turned into movies. Yeah. I love the birds. That's, um, that's my that's my contribution. <laughs> Tippy Hedren, she's still with us too. Yeah, I, my mom was like in the Marines with her, or like her cousin, or like she met Tippy Hedren or something. Mm. Um, but yeah. So, uh, any other snubs this year? Any any predictions? Like, how do you feel about the? the big uh the big categories i think it, it, a lot of the suspense is on the best actress award mm-hmm. um glenn close won the sag award last week mm-hmm. i still think lady gaga is going to win the oscar interesting because when we had when we when we did our oscar episode a couple of days ago um the kind of consensus on and that conversation was that glenn close would get it for kind of a legacy one um which the Oscars are. I want Glenn Close to win. Yeah. I just don't mm. think she will. Have you especially seen... after the SAG Awards? <laughs> oh yeah. Have you seen the wife? Oh yeah, it's wonderful. Okay, nice. And Glenn Close, she's just another one of those uh, underrated. I think this is her seventh nomination mm-hmm. in four decades. And she was first Jeez. nominated way back in the mid '80s or something. That's nuts. Um, and. Um, hmm. Because, you know, the the SAG Awards are a pretty good indicator of who's going to win. Right. But the Best Actress race is always, is not, they don't always get that one. I mean, I remember hmm. Meryl Streep winning the SAG Award and then Kate Winslet won the Oscar. Okay. I remember Julie Christie getting the SAG Award mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Marion Cotillard won the Oscar. Wow. So, <clears throat> I because I was actually hoping Gaga would win the SAG Award. Yeah. Because then I'd be like, oh, now right. Glenn Close will win. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I still think it's going to be, it'll be, you know, Lady Gaga stands to win two Oscars that night. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I'm super confident that, I mean, Shallow is a shoe She will definitely get that. Yeah. Oh, and if absolutely. she wins both, sorry, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara, you know, you know, this is the fourth A Star is Born. Right. And, and Barbara Streisand was the only one not nominated for. Oh, wow. For Janet Gaynor, Judy Garland, uh, and now Gaga were all nominated. Streisand geez. was not. Have, have any of them won? Though? No. Okay. And if any of them should have, it was Garland. And oh, yeah. She lost to Grace Kelly. Um, ah. Jeez. <clears throat> um, but yeah, Lady Gaga, I would, I, I would be ecstatic if she won. Uh, cause I think, like, I, I, for, for whatever reason, I wasn't too keen on the movie itself. Like, I thought it was a fine movie. Um, but her performance is really what sold it for me and what, what really, what really made me kind of uh, taken with the movie. I love that. That movie seemed to come from a whole nother time. Yeah. And it still worked. Oh, yeah. Still worked. Oh, yeah. 
I liked Bradley Cooper's mm-hmm. what was essentially an Eddie Vedder impression. Yeah. Um, I don't think Sam Elliott should have been nominated. I okay. <laughs> I wouldn't Elliott, have chosen him. I, he's fine. I just wouldn't have chosen. I him. love Sam Elliott. Like I, I, he's he's great. But I don't get the kind of fervor over his 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 performance in in a star is one. I just don't get it. What was it in 2017? Um, he was in this movie called the hero, which was, which was yeah. really good. Oh yeah. Yeah. That should have got him some awards. Attention. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, he's, he's fantastic, but I'm, I'm just like, okay, <coughs> that sure. I don't, I wasn't like people are saying like, Oh, I was, I was in tears. And, and this one scene, I'm like, it's okay. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I tweeted this, but, um, I do find myself uh trying to do a really bad Jackson Maine um impression to my cat. So <laughs> I'm constantly like saying like, Hey, I just want to take another look at you. And then that devolves <laughs> <laughs> into just guttural like gibberish as I try to get deeper and deeper into the to the voice like uh, what, what also <laughs> amuses me about this best actress race mm. is that I swear it mirrors an episode of Gem and the Holograms. Oh really? <laughs> okay. Do you remember that show? Uh I don't. I remember the movie that came out a couple it, years it was ago a, but I didn't it was I about, never saw it. You know, a rock star named Gem and yeah. and there was an episode where she made she made a movie and she got nominated for best actress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think, I think one of the other nominees at the time was supposed to be like a version of Glenn Close. There was definitely, okay. there was definitely versions of like Sigourney Weaver mm-hmm. and, and, um, Meryl Streep. Okay. And, you know, they're, they're all on this talk show. And then one of them is like, well, where did you study acting? And <laughs> one of them is just really taking umbrage with the fact mm-hmm. that she's a nominee. She does Jeez. not win. Jim does not win, but I Spoiler think alert. I think Gaga is going to uh probably probably win. Nice. I hope so. I think she's <laughs> maybe my pick. Yeah, yeah. Cuz oh yeah, cuz Amy Adams is supporting. Yes. Um which that also Now that eh. supporting actress race is kind of a little wide open because mm-hmm. the SAG Awards they gave it to Emily Blunt for a quiet oh, place. Yeah. Huh. And Emily Blunt is not nominated for an Oscar. Right. And the SAG Awards did not nominate Regina King either. Mm-hmm. So I'm rooting for Regina King. Yeah. I really want to see her win. Um, maybe it'll be Amy Adams. It's really mm-hmm. tough to say. It feels like this is six. This is the sixth time for Amy Adams. Yeah. That's that. It kind of feels like they'll just kind of. And it feels a little bit like her. Kate Winslet circa 2008 where they were like, mm-hmm. we should just give it to her already. Yeah. Um, um, Supporting actor, that category, like, I'm so pissed that, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, mm-hmm. um, didn't get nominated for Beale Street. Um, because, like, he's not in it that long, but, like, that one scene, it, like, that one monologue he gives is, like, one of the most, like, gripping and tragic kind of monologues I've seen in any movie it's, of it's last so year. It's so weird with the timing thing. Yeah. Judy Dench won for Shakespeare in Love, and I think she's, mm-hmm in it for like five minutes yeah um uh anthony hopkins doesn't even have that much screen time in silence of the lamps and he won a that's best true. actor award jesus that's true <laughs> that's how impressionable he was good god um and of course huh. the one that really amuses me is beatrice Strait, who won the best supporting actress award for network hmm. for one scene 
And she doesn't even speak for most of it. Jesus. <laughs> the scene is, the most of the scene is her at the table being told by her husband that he cheated on her. Um, <laughs> wow. So yeah. <laughs> That's um, that's fantastic. I really thought this was going to be it for Richard E. Grant. I thought he was mm. going to win. I've heard so, I've and heard then, great things about his performance. And then Mahershala Ali just yeah. came in like a witch truck. To Mahershala um, Ali's credit, I didn't like the movie, but that performance was was really good. I, mean, I, I liked his performance. There are no choices among those nominees where I thought that's stupid. Why did they? Why did they? Why did they do yeah. that? It's not like. In 2014, when they nominated Robert Duvall for The Judge, which is a terrible movie. Right. Um, oh, God. Or when Meryl Streep was nominated for Into the Woods, which was just okay. Or when she was nominated for August Osage County, which was mm-hmm. okay, barely. Jeez. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I guess I'm okay, Mahershala Ali. He's killing it on True Detective right now. I, I haven't started True Detective. I'm waiting for the for the season to... To be done. Is it as good as people are saying? I like it. Yeah. And like, I don't remember anything that happened in season two. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think everyone feels the same way. Um, um, yeah. But I wish Timothy Chalamet were among those nominees and I wish mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan and John C. Riley were among those nominees. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I don't, I actually, I don't think I would have chosen Mahershala Ali to begin mm-hmm. with. Sure. Um, and then we know Rami Malek will win mm-hmm. Best Actor. How do you feel? Which about I his didn't really see that coming. Yeah, and it's cause there's fine. Such, it's there's fine, but Bohemian thing. Rhapsody is like it's such a it's a Wikipedia page as as movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the um, performance scenes were like visually like like the um, yeah Live Aid sequence was amazing, but yeah, but other than that. The Live Aid sequence, it, it is great, but it feels redundant to me because you can mm-hmm. watch the actual one. <laughs> True. <clears throat> True. Have you seen the uh, clip that's been kind of running around like on Twitter that's just um, a, the clip of them meeting with uh, Aiden, uh, the, the guy from Game of Thrones, uh, Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're meeting with him and like, it's like, this movie's nominated for best editing and like, Someone timed it. There's like in that minute and a half clip, there's like 56 cuts. Each cut is an average of like 1.5 seconds. It is editorial or uh, in terms of the editing, it makes no goddamn sense. And, uh, it, I don't know. I think that that kind of speaks I to watched that movie online. I didn't even pay <laughs> for it. You know how it is? I saw over 200 movies in 2018. I didn't pay for all of them. Mm hmm. A lot of them are on video on demand. A yeah. lot of them are on Netflix and Hulu. Jeez. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would love to see Willem Dafoe win that mm-hmm. Best Actor award. How is At Eternity's Gate? He's it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. He he is the best Van Gogh I've ever seen nice. on screen. Sorry, Tim Roth. Sorry, Kirk <laughs> Douglas. Sorry, that guy from Doctor Who. Sure. Um, yeah, Eddie Turney's Gate is it's a marvelous movie. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I wanted to say about the best mm. makeup category mm. as a, a little bit of a dark horse in it. There's a, it, it, there's a Swedish movie nominated called Border. I've heard and... about that movie, but I haven't heard about it, if that makes sense. Like, I've, <laughs> I've heard that, like, you need to go in blind because it's kind of trippy and fucked up. It is disturbing. Okay. 
and also just kind of hypnotic and haunting. It played nice. here in Indy for like one week. Yeah. That was one of those movies that just hit theaters and just the one theater and just played a week. Right. But um, if you do have an opportunity to see it, you should see it <laughs> since it just came out of nowhere and got nominated right. for best makeup <coughs> makeup design. Mm-hmm. I'm very surprised actually that the favorite was not nominated in that category. Yeah. Um, and I have such a weird relationship with Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, I haven't seen Alps or The Lobster, but Dogtooth and, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer are just so bizarre and weird. And like, that's to his credit in my eyes, but it's also like, I don't know if I just, I don't know if I get him. To me, it's a little, he's a little like, uh, if Ingmar Bergman had more of a sense of humor. Okay. Sure. And I know you're a huge <coughs> Ingmar Bergman fan. I've not seen any of, uh, his movies. Those, that's one of my kind of, uh, goals for 2019. Um, but of course, the favorite yeah. is the only one he's made that he didn't write. Exactly. And it is also from, like, my limited understanding of his, well, I, I've seen most of his movies. It's the most accessible. <laughs> um, but it's no less yeah. him. And it's like, why can't yeah. all period movies be this great? Yeah. I, uh, <coughs> I saw, I saw it and then like a week or two, I think it may have been upwards of a month later. I, uh, was, I tried to see Mary Queen of Scots and like the circumstances weren't great. Like I just got off of work. Um, and I, w- I was in the theater and it was just, I was tired and the sound kept clipping and getting like cutting, cutting out and everything. This is Mary Queen of Scots. Yeah. And so I was just like, ah, I'm okay with not watching this. And I just left. That's another one. If there was not so many other stronger choices that mm-hmm. the acting could have been up for some awards. Okay. As, as a movie, it's very, it's pretty like mm-hmm. typical. Uh, but, but Sir Sharon and Margot Robbie are mm-hmm. very much, they, they're great in it. They're very yeah. illuminating. I saw a tweet that some, someone tweeted and said that, uh, re- releasing Mary Queen of Scots so soon after the favorite is like releasing the latest airport movie after airplane. <laughs> I saw them um, both in the same day too. Oh, really? Interesting. I, I saw them, I, I saw the favorite last. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, you know, my yeah. favorite, um, Favorite Oscar nominees just because of the like randomness of them. Sure. Um, I love the fact that <clears throat> way back in like 2007, uh, <clears throat> Norbit was nominated for best makeup. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Which Academy voters hated that yeah. movie. They like, I remember there was articles saying like <laughs> Academy voters just hated seeing the billboards and stuff for mm-hmm. it. And, and they were like, I'm not voting for Eddie Murphy for an Oscar now because he was up for Dream Girls. Oh, yeah. Um, Jesus. And it just trips me out that it, it got there. I remember writing in college. Hmm. Um, I wasn't yet on the newspaper staff, but they asked okay. if I would write an Oscar thing for them. So I did. Nice. And that was like the last thing I mentioned. Like, congratulations, hmm. Norbit. Uh, <laughs> nice. And then I love that. Um, <laughs> I also love that professional psychopath Gary Busey is an Oscar-nominated <laughs> actor. Oh, God. What was he nominated for? The Buddy Holly story. Oh, wow. In the late 70s. Jesus. Good, good movie. Huh. But yes, Gary Busey. 
Wow. Oscar nominee. Randy Quaid, another psycho, <laughs> is like a two-time, God. two or three-time Oscar nominee. My God. And yet Dennis Quaid never once nominated. Jeez. That is messed up. That's ridiculous. Huh. Um, Probably my favorite ever Oscar fact. Well, now, now I have a favorite Oscar fact. Uh, Adam Driver is the first Oscar nominee I've ever went to school with. Yeah. I've ever had a drink with. That's um, awesome. Uh, so let's get into the dirt of Adam Driver. <laughs> you can give me any dirt on Kirsten. Let's. <laughs> I didn't know Adam very well. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Adam was was like twenty one or twenty two. Mm. We were both freshmen. Okay, but he was already like twenty one or twenty two because mm. he had gone to the Marines. Oh, I did not know that about him. And he was discharged wow. because of an injury. Huh. And that's what brought him. Like that's what made him decide, I guess, to go to UND. Okay, and do theater. Um. And I know he went to Juilliard like, right. shortly after that. So, you know, I was an 18-year-old, and mm. there was not a lot that Adam and I were going to relate to right. <laughs> to one another. Sure. Um. So, yeah, and he was uh, – I lived on the campus. He did not. Okay. So I never really saw a lot of him. Mm-hmm. Um. He did two shows while he was there. He did Pippin. He did Endgame. And – um. Yeah, he was only with us for two semesters. I had one hmm. class with him. Imp- okay. We took an improv class. Nice. And I don't know if you know Matt Sosi. Mm, no. Uh, he's on WFYI. He's on NPR, local NPR. He does a radio show. He's okay. a movie critic as well. Okay. He's one of the few oh. people. He's one of the few people I know that I, can go toe to toe with me. I on do talk. know him. He's on the uh, Indiana Film Journalist Association. Probably. Yeah. Oh, and, okay. Um, yeah. Well, his his wife, Lynn Perkins, used to be an adjunct at UND. She taught okay. some theater classes, and she taught an improv class when I was a freshman. Adam and I were both were both in that. I remember that was when when I was like, you know, we did some dramatic improv, and I remember that seeing that, thinking like, wow, Adam, Adam is he is really good. Nice. <clears throat> um, after he went to the last time I ever saw him and talked to him. Mm was my sophomore year at UND. Huh. We were doing our, we were opening our dinner theater and he came to see it. Huh. And we, he and I just chit chatted before mm-hmm. the show. And the next time I ever heard anything about him was I, I would read about his shows mm-hmm. off Broadway in New York. Oh, nice. And then I remember the first time I ever spotted him <laughs> on screen in the movie J Edgar. Oh, he was in J Edgar. He has huh. a very, very tiny part. One okay. scene. I remember watching it, and he has this very brief part where he's speaking mm-hmm. to Leo DiCaprio, hmm. and you don't really see his face because there's a lot of sunlight on him. Sure. And so the scene goes by, and I'm, I'm thinking, what's up with that voice? Why do why <laughs> is that familiar to me? And then I, like, two nights later, I'm like, could that have been? Could that have been Adam? <laughs> and I looked it up. Like, wow. Oh, that that is Adam. Okay. Nice. Which what was that? Twenty eleven. So yeah. So like yeah. by the next year he was on HBO and then he was Jeez. he was uh in Lincoln. Oh um, yeah, with every other actor in existence. Yeah. Um. So um another huh. Oscar fact that I <laughs> really get a kick out of yeah is um back in like the forties maybe the thirties uh there's an actress named Alice Brady was up for best supporting actress. She was too sick to be there, mm-hmm. and um. When her name was called, uh, this man got up on stage, accepted the award, and left, 
and nobody knew who he was. Nobody ever got his name. Wow. And no one ever found him. And her, her, her Oscar had to be replaced. That is awesome. Holy the shit. Craziest. Everybody talks about the streaker or yeah. Rando's Indian. Um, wow. To me, that's just like the most messed up thing. Like somebody <laughs> yeah. straight up stole an Oscar. Right. Oh, wow. So do you feel like, and we can kind of wind things down, but um, do you feel like, how do you feel about the Oscars in general? Like their their place in, you know, the kind of cultural like zeitgeist in terms of like film and everything. Like, do you think that they are a good barometer of, you know, if not the best films of the year, then like what the culture of no was that year. Okay. No, but the great thing about award season is that, um, it opens up, uh, people to find films that they otherwise yeah. not, would not have known. Even the ones that don't get nominated, just mm-hmm. the award season chatter yeah. will expose films to people who otherwise would not have heard of them. Mm-hmm. And that's the best thing about the Oscars and about award no. seasons in general. Um, the one thing I would love to kind of see shift with award season, I remember mm-hmm. reading this article years ago, Meryl Streep was quoted because it was, it was a time when a lot of, um, Award season was not always what it is now. Right. And for the people who are actually participating in it, I guess it's, it's very tiring. Huh. Um, I can imagine. And I remember, uh, an article, reading an article about it. I remember Meryl Streep saying, she said, I would love it if the Oscars happened first. And then uh-huh. you did all the guild awards and stuff like, cause that's another thing. We have oh, the guild awards now. Yeah. And the, of course, a lot of the voters in the guilds are academy huh. voters. So when the guilds do their stuff, you just know pretty much who's going to win the Oscar. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. And, and, and yeah, she's just like, it would be great to have some of the surprise back in the yeah. Oscars if we just did it first and mm. didn't, and then let all the other stuff happen. That's really interesting, and I feel like that that would really uh piss off like the people who fought, like track that stuff like like de- like they're like they're like a podcast I listen to is devoted to just basically just following award season <laughs> and uh and it's just like it's like there's it's so it takes so much energy to do that that I'm like I'm 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 good. Um I'm I'm just, you know, going to go with the Cuz yeah, it used to just be there was the Oscars. Yeah. Then there was the Golden Globes, mm-hmm. which I think started in the late 40s. Um and uh and then it wasn't until like the 80s, 90s that there that we have all the guilds now. Yeah. Um there's a lot. I mean, the Directors Jeez. Guild just had their ceremony yeah. last Saturday, and so did the Annie Awards happen. Oh, right, yeah. Where Into the Spider-Verse just mm. swept everything it was nominated in. Yeah. Do you think uh, Spider-Verse should have been nominated for Best Picture? No, but if Black Panther hadn't happened, yes. Mm-hmm. Why okay. not? Fair. Because I think in Black Panther, if not for Black Panther, I think it would have it would have been the best comic book movie we got in 2018. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I could I could see that getting awards love. Yeah, I hope there's a tie with the <laughs> best animated. I really want Wes Anderson to just get an Oscar. I, yeah, and I need to revisit Isle of Dogs because I I liked it. It's I mean it's that quirky Wes Anderson vibe. Um, and like I'm usually like a big like sucker for Pixar, but Incredibles two didn't really do it for me. 
Um, but I don't know. I, I would like to see Spider-Verse get it. Um, just because it was such a cool comic book animated movie. They kind of, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say came out of nowhere because like I knew about it, but like I didn't, I kind of likened it to when hearing about it in the lead up to it, I kind of thought of it as like, Oh, like the teen Titans go to the movies, like kind of a small little like side animated movie. I didn't, I did not expect it to have the legs that it did. Um, when it, when it came out, you know, about the animated category, is this, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't think it's always been five nominees. Huh. And this might be a first. Huh. <laughs> I think usually it could yeah, be like, it's like three or three or four. Yeah. Um, huh. and this year I think could be the first time it, it was ever five. Wow. I can't find it. Uh, hmm. Oh, one. Two. Oh no, no. Two thousand two had five nominees. Oh, okay. but still, that doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, huh. it should, but it yeah doesn't. And it kind of feels like, and maybe I I don't know, maybe if I'm projecting or whatever, but it kind of feels like they're taking more. I don't know if I'd say risks, but they're kind of they're being more inclusive to the different types of animated movies. Like it just seems like in years past, maybe I wasn't paying too much attention, but it just felt like, okay, well here's Pixar and then some kind of obscure kind of foreign animated movie. And that's basically the category, but like, I kind of wish they still did more special awards. Mm -hmm. The early days of the Oscars, they did a lot of special awards. Like Judy Garland got an Oscar for Wizard of Oz. Okay. Because they used to give out like a special juvenile performance award. Huh. Uh, Shirley Temple got one once and nice. it wasn't even a full Oscar. It was <laughs> a tiny little mini one, which when, when she was an adult, she's like, it's worthless. <laughs> um, I kind of wish they nice. would, they would do that. Cause I remember they didn't have a visual effects category when mm. 2001 was released. Right. But they gave it a special award for okay. that. Nice. Well, that's good to know. And um, I kind of wish they, they still did stuff like that because yeah. I can understand why it took long to have an animated category because right. they didn't make a lot. Mm-hmm. Would have been cool though if like Akira in My Neighbor Totoro mm-hmm. had gotten like special awards yeah. back then. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just something I I think would would make things a little more exciting. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, well we can kind of wind things down here too. Um, yeah, usually we end it with a potpourri section, but we can forego that because we've been going for a while. A potpourri of what? Potpourri. <laughs> section of the podcast where we're talking about whatever we want, as long as it smells good. Uh, anything we've watched lately or anything that, uh, yeah, l- let's go ahead and just do one. Uh, do you have a movie that you watched recently that you want to throw out? I saw Cold War oh, on Saturday yeah. at the Landmark Theater. It's magnificent. It's not mm. long. Oh, nice. It's only about 88 minutes. Uh beautiful black and white mm-hmm. um the main act the the male lead in it <clears throat> um can't say his name really well but he's smoking hot <laughs> and uh it's it's beautiful and i'm i'm really glad that pavel pavlikovsky got got that best director nomination there nice. that was that was that one was of the surprise. biggest surprises yeah. of these nominees nice um yeah i saw that saturday and i yeah, I haven't seen anything else since awesome. then. 
Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, yesterday was the, we're recording this Monday after the Super Bowl. Uh, yesterday was the Super Bowl. I didn't watch it. Instead, I watched Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and then I watched, uh, The Bank Dick, uh, as part of my comedy, uh, challenge on Letterboxd. Uh, both were good. Um, Bank Dick was, was, was fun. I do want to mention that I did recently watch, um, The Great Dictator, which that was my first time seeing it. And just that ending just blew me away. Like it was like that monologue is just unreal. Like just the whole premise of the movie, the whole idea of him just doing this satire of, of Hitler, like in, it was in production in like 37, 38, came out in 1940. Like he, Chaplin said, like, if he knew the extent of the, the Nazis, like, evil, he wouldn't have been able to make that movie. Like, if he knew the true extent of what they were doing. But, like, just the idea that at that time, this, this, one of the most widely recognizable and I assume beloved, uh, performers, uh, made this movie that just undermined this, what we now know as the, like, biggest, like, evil machine of the modern era. Uh, just did that, like, to, it just, the way that it plays out is just really remarkable. I loved it. So, yeah. That, One of the few times we ever heard Chaplin speak. Yeah. In a movie. Yep. Yep. So that'll do it for this episode of The Obsessive Viewer. And, uh, Manny, thank you so much for coming on. And, yeah. And on. My first ever first. podcast. I always thought yeah. I'd be on We Are Libertarians first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that still a thing? Uh, We Are Libertarians? Is that still a thing? It is, yeah, yeah. How adorable. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're actually uh, friends with them for like. Oh, yeah, Chris Spangle hates me. <laughs> does he really? I mean, he probably doesn't hate me, but he oh, doesn't. Yeah. He don't want. He doesn't like me. Interesting. I, Interesting. I, I, I troll the crap out of him online. And oh, so nice. much fun. Nice. The uh, first ever episode of the Obsessive Viewer was recorded on his uh, podcasting equipment. Mm. So yeah, that's kind of interesting but yeah uh yeah so that'll do it uh once again tell people where they can find you online twitter letterboxd all that oh um my twitter handle and letterbox username is the same criterion c-r-i capital t-y-r-i-o-n awesome and uh make sure you check out manny's reviews also on letterbox because like i said they're really good and uh kind of make me feel inadequate with my reviewing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know what we're going to do next week. I actually don't know when I'm going to post this because I'm thinking that w- I might post this a little bit closer to the Oscars, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, That's so fine. anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so make sure you support us on Patreon and check out uh, all the other stuff we do. And uh, yeah, I guess that'll about do it. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time. The Obsessive Viewer podcast is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to ObsessiveViewer.com slash OV archive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. And follow us on Twitter at Obsessive Viewer and at Obsessive Tiny. And follow our recurring co-hosts at I am Mike White, that's me, at R.A. Fekis and at Burger underscore Lurker. 
If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at tpublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at TheSecularPerspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty! Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Josh. And this is You're Gonna Love This or Not. You know, one of my great pleasures in life is to bring people down into my basement and subject them to a terrible, terrible movie that I hope they might like. One of my great joys in life is to come to the Subterranean Fun Pit, watch a movie that Matt is convinced I'm going to love, and then tell him about how much I hate it. So we've got a long list of movies to go through, and every uh, month we're going to come on and have Josh watch a movie, talk about a little bit, and see where it falls in uh, the great pantheon of terrible movies. And I'm pretty sure by the end of this, I'm going to develop some form of Stockholm Syndrome. Well, anyways, this is our podcast. Have fun listening to us. And as always, Matt, you're a son of a bitch. I love you, Josh.